When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Tyson Fury secured his place as one of the greatest to ever do it with a sixth round knockout of Dillian White at Wembley. Aside from a few flashes in the fourth, it was smooth sailing for the WBC heavyweight champion who delivered a clean uppercut to put himself on the edge of retirement. Elsewhere, it was announced that the fight that Joseph Parker will face Joe Joyce, the number one WBO and number two WBC ranked boxer, uh, Liam Happ is with us this morning. I'm pleased to say he's the managing editor of Darzone News in the UK and uh, all over everything to do with the art of boxing. Uh, he joins us now. Uh, Liam, thanks very much for your time this morning, New Zealand time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. 93,000 at Wembley. That says uh, that this fellow, the Gypsy King, has got quite a following and the sport's in pretty healthy state over there. Yeah, you can tell that uh, after the pandemic, the British boxing fans were really, really keen to get back to it. Uh, there's been some really good attendances at some of the Midland shows, and Tyson Fury versus Dillian White was that chance to get out for a truly big British heavyweight showdown. Uh, the crowd didn't disappoint. The noise was off the charts. Uh, and the main event delivered with a, with a big champagne finish. Was it the result? Uh, that everyone expected? Was it ever really in doubt in your mind? Yeah, um, Fury was the overwhelming favourite, understandably so. He's undefeated. Uh, Dillian White uh, earned a shot at a championship, but yeah, he. Uh, it's when you look at the skills and when they say there's levels to this game, not a lot of people really fancied him to to win the fight. For, for me personally, my, my biggest chance for Dillian White in my opinion, pre-fight was in those first three rounds. I really felt that he needed to to just go through the gears, try not to start throwing wild haymakers and, and, and look for that jackpot shot. Instead, just try and just work his way in, find some little moments, maybe maybe give Tyson Fury something that he wasn't expecting. Uh, and after what was an okay first round, it was in the second round that Dillian White straight away going for the wild haymakers. He, he missed two or three wild swings in that second round alone. Uh, and you could see a little bit of a smirk on Fury's face because from there he put the leash on him. And it was only a matter of time that uh, he was going to find that great shot. And it was, a, it was a corker in the sixth right at the end of the sixth. What happened uh, in the fourth round? It seemed to be quite messy. Yeah, things were getting testy. Uh, there was a few, there was a few uh, punches to the back of the head from both. They were both told off for it. Uh, things were getting heated. We see that in all sports, don't we? Really, uh, there's always these moments where things threaten to fall apart. Uh, this didn't, and uh, 
yeah, before too long, we got to finish the menu we was expecting. So um, it, it looks as if uh, Tyson Fury uh, and Dillian White, would, would that, is that uh, saga over? Would White uh, warrant a, a rematch at some point if Fury carries on? Uh, I mean, he was quoted today saying he wants a rematch. He's unhappy with it. He feels like, uh, and you see on the camera, and there is something to it. He says he was shoved down after the uppercut. There was a bit of a weird thing where Fury has kind of like given him a little shove on the way down. But let's be honest with ourselves, that uppercut caught him good. He was in a bad way. The referee was absolutely right to stop it. The shove really didn't actually make a difference to things. Uh, But he's using this to save face, I think. When it comes to actually getting a rematch, absolutely not. He had a mandatory shot. He had a deserved shot. He lost fair and square. And when it comes to Tyson Fury now, if he is going to fight, and I think he will, um, because he has got done this song and dance before. He has claimed he's going to retire so many times. He's, he's very close to Floyd Mayweather on the rankings of who has pretended to retire the most in boxing. Uh, and assuming he does fight again, he's going to be looking at money. Because if if you remember on Saturday, it was only a few minutes after he claimed he fought his last fight, he had um, the UFC's and Gannou in the ring saying they're going to they're going to compete in a crossover hybrid boxing slash MMA exhibition. So so clearly he's got a few things um, on the back burner trying to sort out. As we look at uh, Tyson Fury, is what what importance or what advantage do you place over that height and reach over some of these shorter guys, the way he uses it? The height's good. The height's very, very good. The reach is such a good thing in boxing. But what Tyson Fury has that is, that is the most important thing is he can box technically. He can box very cleverly. He's got a nice bit of movement. But you'll remember this division was dominated for over a decade by Klitschko. And it was Fury who, who ended that dominance in Dusseldorf. I had the pleasure of being out there live for that one. Um, and like... Uh, other fighters who have that sort of frame, because Klitschko's no small guy, he would use that as a fortress. He'd keep people at bay. Uh, but Fury is the one who's able to neutralise that by being even bigger. But he would then put his legs, his movement, his superior skills in that regard to good use, and that's how he beat Klitschko. And a lot of fighters right now are seeing that it's a very, very deadly combination to have the frame and the movement. And that's what makes him so difficult to envision being beat. But uh, obviously, uh, we've got two fighters in the heavyweight division. Oh, sorry, go on, mate. No, no, I was just going to say, uh, that was, that was going to prompt me, but you you, um, you sort of said it, but I was just going to say, well, who who of the, phys- the physiques of those boxers in line to fight him, who's best perhaps equipped to match that? Yeah, well, the, the the two you're looking at right now, and they're the two that most people want to see him fight. These are the two fighters that most people want Tyson Fury to stay actively boxing in competitive championship boxing for. Uh, you've got the the man who holds all the other belts, Alexander Usyk. Um, he's not he's not as big as some of these guys, but I think a lot of people really exaggerate how small he is he's not that small um he only gave up a couple of inches to Andy joshua he wouldn't actually give up too much especially compared to other previous fury opponents to tyson fury and he is the absolute when it comes to technical boxing uh while fury has great technical prowess for his size 
Um, Usyk is probably the best technical boxer on the planet. So that would be a very interesting match. And I think a lot of people overestimate how much the size of Fury would be decisive. I don't think it'll be that decisive, but it'll be interesting to watch. Anthony Joshua is, you know, at one point, Joshua versus Fury was the mega fight that we all went to see. And at the end of the day, even with Joshua losing his last fight and losing the belts to Usyk, um, it's it's still a very marketable fight. I think both Fury and Joshua could lose three on the bounce each, face each other and still sell out a stadium. They have box office appeal. Uh, so that'd be an interesting fight because Joshua, again, is big. And if he can find that confidence that he once had, that spite that he once had, then it'd be a very interesting fight. So the, both of those fights, if they were to come uh, to, to pass or either of those fights, would they be English as well? Would, uh, would Fury be able to... Um, to to dictate the fact you'd be back at Wembley with another 90-plus thousand? I mean, that, that crowd on Saturday must have got into his head and really, really made him wonder, oh, would I like to do this again? Because it must have felt so good to have the crowd roaring him to victory there. Uh, there will always be more profitable opportunities. Some of these super fights have always been mooted about being moved to you know, Singapore or, or Dubai or things like or Saudi Arabia for a big payday. But I think, I think that whole thing on St. George's Day at Wembley, 93, 94,000 fans, almost entirely pro-Fury, he's going to think, oh, how do I make that happen again? Let's, let's do that again at Wembley. Surely he'll be, he'll be looking at that. It's very appealing. But there will always be the big sight fees of, of the big rich places. And, of course, like he spent much of his recent career in Vegas because Vegas is a very for, for the big fighters it's a very lucrative place to box so you can't rule out Vegas uh, getting his next fight like they had the Wilder fights mm. yeah they love him there as well and uh, those uh, you English just love going that uh, transatlantic flight to get there don't you and, and numbers hey uh, it's very hard uh, uh, Liam in any sport to compare eras right I mean but I'm going to ask you to I'm just going to say uh, where does he rank for you when you, you look down the era of heavyweight boxing? Um, yeah, well, I, I did happen to catch the uh, the introduction just before this segment, and you hear the names like the Ali's and the Frasers. I have to be very clear. I, I don't think we're at that level where we can really put him in that group. If you look at his resume, he's had some good wins. He has done great in terms of box office. He, you know, he's just with his personality and his controversies, he, he really is a star. But as far as strictly his boxing resume, he's had some good wins. But we're not talking Ali, Frazier, this sort of thing. I don't think we can call him the greatest British heavyweight either. I think that's still Lennox Lewis. I think the, the way to look at it is if he does carry on fight, if he retires now, he's retiring, he's going, he's going to be looking at lucrative crossover exhibition sideshow events and there's money in that good on him but if he wanted to truly be respectfully considered to be in that all-time group it would take wins over the likes of Usyk Joshua maybe one or two more that come his way as a crop coming up you've got you've got a uh, um, Joe Joyce who fights Joseph Parker I know Joseph Parker has said very explicitly he never wants to fight Tyson Fury they're both Andy Lee stable mates so they're not going to fight each other but Joe Joyce uh, Lawrence O'Coley could so yeah, he's going to step up to heavyweight at some point there's always a batch of great heavyweights coming through at any given moment um, if he sticks around for five years and really shows himself to be unbeatable we'll have to start talking but for now he's beaten Wilder a couple of times 
Uh, great, great stadium win against Dillian White, but Dillian White's not the biggest man on his resume. And he beat Klitschko, mm. no one can take that away from him. But he needs a bit more, I think, to be considered all time. Okay, let's look at uh, the two names that you mentioned there, uh, Parker and Joyce. Uh, how is that uh, perhaps that possible matchup coming along? What, what would you know about that? Well, they seem very confident in the stadium and on the TV coverage. Um, they said they're making it happen. It, it seemed to be very telling. They, they said it's not signed yet, but they had the two gentlemen, you know, together at the same commentary booth, face to face almost. That's always a good sign in negotiations. Uh, I'm expecting it to happen, and it's a good fight. We're just waiting conclusive. Um, announcements that you know it has been signed we've got a date we've got a venue but by the, by the fact that they're willing to wheel them both out on tv suggests that that is a formality and when it happens it's fantastic because both fighters feel like they're one win away from a world championship tilt of their own and i, I wouldn't disagree with that and what better way to do it than to have them go at each other and the winner goes on and the other one's got to, to find another route where are we then with Usyk and joshua so, um, on, on DAZN's platform today, we, we have a fantastic yeah. Monday to Friday um, show called the DAZN Boxing Show. You always get exclusive interviews and things like that. And we have Eddie Hearn join us once a week, most weeks. And he was on today. It's just gone live on the DAZN app. Uh, and you can go on there with his own subscription. And he went through a lot of topics, as he always does. And one thing he mentioned is that negotiations are still going on. Uh, similar to Joyce versus Parker, we're still waiting for some for some things to be signed and finalised. It's understandable because of Usyk's situation, having just been in Ukraine and all the things going on there. But they're hoping to make it happen. He's had permission to to leave Ukraine and start training again. And Eddie Hearn's big the big thing that came from this interview is that they're expecting July. We're awaiting a date and a venue, but Eddie Hearn seems confident we're getting that in July. And there's a very good chance. That could be the same month as Joyce versus Parker, which would make it a tremendous heavyweight month for boxing. Yeah, certainly would. Uh, just just uh, getting back to, to Tyson Fury, you mentioned uh, the money word in there, and, and of course that attracts these. Uh, it's a great attraction to these guys. But I just uh, he's not he's not he's not like money with Mayweather, money Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather. I mean, he's different with his money. He's a little bit isn't he a bit more generous? He's not so outlandish with money, uh, Tyson Fury? No, he's not. He's, he's done some great pieces in the past. We've said about how he's happy remaining to live in his in his hometown of Morecambe on the north coast of England. He, you know, he, he talks about how cheap a, a stick of rock and a, 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 a nice burger and chips is and just a nice simple life. He's obviously got a very nice house and things like that, but, but he, he does it. You're right. He doesn't flaunt the cash like Mayweather, but it's ironic you bring that name up because if he does choose to retire from competitive professional boxing and take the route with things like Francis Ngannou, and uh, I don't know if you're aware, but he has dabbled with uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, WWE, in the past, and he's been talking about maybe going back. WWE are doing a big stadium super show in Cardiff in September. He has been linked. He acknowledged it after the white fight. And if, if you've got a wrestling company willing to pay you the same money as boxing promoters, if not more, to basically do a choreographed routine that still nonetheless goes down really well with fans and really entertains everyone, it's going to be so tempting. Similarly, if he, if he has a little eight-round hybrid rules lark about with an MMA guy, neither is going to lose their reputation. 
you know, there's not going to be a situation of old Tyson Fury suffered his first defeat if if he was to lose on points to engage in some weird hybrid rules thing. Similarly, they're not going to take the UFC heavyweight title away from Gander if he if he ends up uh, losing to Fury. So there's, there are possibilities out there that will pay a lot of money. And as much as boxing fans don't want to see that happen, we want the big boxing fights. But the money these generate for much less risk physically and to the reputation you can understand someone in Fury's situation with with a celebrity he's got and a star power he's got maybe he's ready to cash out yeah well um, whatever happens he's certainly created a, a wonderful um, uh, I think he's a wonderful advertisement for boxing uh, because he's he's perceived to be you know a decent guy a, a, a really good guy and a really genuine guy and Whilst there's a, a bit of the showman about him, uh, Liam, and you know, incorporating the wife and her opinion on whether he should continue or whatever, uh, it, it, there's a sort of a, a feel about the guys that you, you, you could go into the pub on, on a Friday night and have a beer with him. That kind of a bloke. Yeah, and uh, I think after his title win, the first time he won the title was against Glitchko. That's pretty much exactly what he did. He went out on the on the drinks and he bought rounds for everyone. I'm trying to remember exactly where it's at. It might have been a holiday venue, might have been somewhere in Britain, but stories of him buying rounds everyone in the pub. Obviously, he's had, he's had his moments where he has gone on record and said some really, really unsavory things. He has walked something back. He's apologised. Uh, a lot of people with the opinion he has, he's matured, he's grown. He's obviously been through a lot of, of uh, mental health issues and maybe that has brought some perspective to his life uh, at the same time. Uh, this that definitely does seem a far more mature Tyson Fury. He will call everyone a dosser. He will say this. He'll say he'll do his you trademark uh, trash talk. But other than that, he he does seem a lot more mature. And with Sugar Hill Stewart, he's he, he's fighting a lot more around. There's a little bit more viciousness about him, as we saw against Wise. He's really come of age. He's you know he he was always being tipped to be a, a potential future world champion, but. But it's only in the last few years, after he had that time off and he had to sort some issues out in his personal life, where he, he's just, it's, it's a complete new version of him, and it's for the better as well. Liam, Hap, it's been wonderful talking to you, getting those insights. Uh, I was a bit jealous of you uh, being on the spot there at Wembley. Where I've, I've been there for uh, rugby, I've been there for football, but I've, I would imagine boxing just absolutely rocked the place. Hey, thanks for your time this morning and um, uh, your wonderful insight. Thank you, Liam. No problems at all. Thank you. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.